this summer. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Yes, hello, good morning and welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show, live on 1629 SENSA. We are here to brighten up your Sunday morning and what a massive 24 hours it has been for Australia and also for South Australia as well. We've got so much to talk to, but we better get the big guns in right now. What about Andrew McLeod? Guess who's going to swoop? Andrew McLeod! It's the bungee part of the bungee and Brett's to show. Good to see you again, Macca. Ole, 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 ole. hot, hot, hot case. Oh. Whoa, how good was that? How good's that? What a start from the great man. Well, let's get the other big gun in. From Ma. Yes. Big shot by Brett Ma. What have you got for us, Bredster? Well, Case, I don't know about you, but... Uh, there's a big bandwagon that someone rode in on here yeah. and the old mate over here has just jumped on it. <laughs> like the rest of Australia. What's going on? Nothing Everyone's wrong with, jumped on it. Nothing wrong with jumping on a bandwagon. Oh, I love it. It's uh, incredible stuff, isn't it, the World Cup? Called but, being patriotic. <laughs> we're doing very well, aren't we? As you said in the opener, so many sports going on and, and we're doing well in all of them. It's so great. It's the third game Ever we've won at a World Cup. So yep. you've got to get excited about that. Third time ever we've won a game. And it's only the... First time we've had a clean sheet. Since, like, since zero. Ni- no, since 1974. Wow, that's in, what I said. In, wasn't it? in Chile. <laughs> Almost in Chile. 50 wow. years ago. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. They were unbelievable, the Socceroos. The Wallabies were epic as well. Yeah, we'll tell you about mm, their come from comeback. behind win that is in that whole series. Their European tour outstanding. The Strikers are the Women's Big Bash League champions after we were here last week and we didn't know if they were going to make the finals. Not only did they make the finals, they hosted a final. Now they've gone to Sydney on a 6 a.m. flight and Smashed turned it. them over as well. So we've got plenty to get to to talk mm. about that as well. But let's start with some great news in terms of tennis from the Davis Cup and Australia are through to the final and they will face Canada there. And for the number 11 ranked team in the world, the Aussies, well, they've dug deep to really get this far. They've done really well, haven't they? I, in all honesty, haven't been paying too much attention to the Davis Cup after the girls did so well in theirs uh, a week or two ago. Um, I think it kind of got lost in the way, but... um, then I, I come in this morning, find out we're in the final, and I, I've jumped on that bandwagon too, <laughs> Bungie. <laughs> I think we all just jump on any bandwagon. As soon as we hear it, it's like it's like you going to the Com Games, Marzi. <laughs> we just jump on the bandwagon when you're there, and we love it. But playing Canada, like that's a weird one in itself for them to have got through as well. They're not really, when you think of the big countries in tennis, yep. Canada doesn't spring to mind. But, uh, yeah, that's great. Leighton Hewitt's... Uh, Doing a great job, Bunch. He is, and they're playing like Leighton Hewitt at the moment. Look, the Davis Cup team, they've beaten Hungary, Belgium, France, Germany, the Netherlands, beat Croatia, who are number one ranked team in the world at the moment. And Alex Dimonor is 10-0 and zero in the singles. And how about our doubles? Australia make a return to the Davis Cup final for the first time in 19 years. An extraordinary effort from the green and gold. Who won the last Davis Cup? Who won the last Davis Cup? That's a good point. That's a good point. Who won? I reckon it might have been, was it Croatia? See? 
How, like, how invested are you guys talking about being <laughs> part of the Davis Cup? You don't even know who won the last... Oh, well, going back to when we last won it, uh, I'm thinking that would have had to have been with... Uh, 2003 would have been uh, Leighton. <laughs> you blokes. Would have been... Cross your sport. I, I can't remember. Bandwagon. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> do, do you but, know, Bungie? Yeah, I wouldn't but, have a clue. No, but I tell you, the good part about it is that, you know, no Nick Kyrgios there. Mm. So, and as I say, so we're ranked number 11 in the world and we're into the final. As you mentioned, our women made the final of the Billie Jean King Cup, mm. which is the old Fed Cup, which is the female equivalent of the Davis Cup, lost to Switzerland 2-0. But it just goes to show that the Australian camaraderie as a team on the world stage, you don't need, a, you know, a team of champions. You need a champion team. So let's hope they can win it because uh, that would be a feather in the cap of Leighton Hewitt who already holds Davis Cup records. It would be interesting to see how they rate it in terms of, you know, Davis Cup. How's it go down? Say Roger Federer, 23, 22-time grand, what is he, time grand slam winner. How does he rate that against winning Wimbledon or the Australian Open? I've seen the emotion of it. I've never seen him get emotional about Davis Cup. Well, yeah, I think it depends on the player. But if you talk to the Australian players that don't win as many uh, Grand Slams or whatever, then I think we, and Australians in general, I think embrace it a bit more. And uh, I think... Just as far as being no, part of a team, the team in because the individuals can't win a Grand Slam, so we've got a team events best we can do. Yeah, is that I'm what you're saying? saying? Well, it's just, our best chance. We win Grand Slams generally. Yeah. Just Ash party? Yeah. Well, no, no, I'm talking about the. Yeah. We're, just, we're just talking in general, like yeah, yeah. Terms. Well, of, think, anyway, the uh, <laughs> I think super bikes <laughs> are on at the bend. Let's jump onto that because that's something I have been paying attention to and watching. And uh, Jack Miller has finished up second on the grid. Uh, behind Jonesy and Halliday on his other side uh, will be filling out the front of the grid. And that was exciting to watch. The the times were close and those guys are crazy going around. The speeds that they're hitting coming in and out of those bends. And uh, that's a good track up there as well. Best in the world. Oh, it has to be. It has to be the best in the world. Where are we doing things the best here? Like next week, we'll have the best. If, um, the Velo. We'll have the best uh, track in the supercars, supercars. as well. So. Yeah. But yeah, like you're saying, Bresta, I think those blokes are crazy. I, you watch, I'm just in awe of how they, they they deserve medals the way they ride those bikes. Basically, when you're talking about on the seat of your pants, yep. There's not much there's not much room for error when it comes to these blokes and they're going around and and dragging their knee across the road. But uh, yeah, Jack Miller second on the grid. Uh, they'll be heading off today, uh, and that should be a a cracker of a race. And we should give Mike really Jones some love as well because mm. he is. Going to win the title. He can win it in the first race today, which starts at 10.55, the second race this afternoon at around quarter to three. But he's on pole. And, yes, uh, we love Jack Miller, and he's the big name in the Superbikes, World 500 CCs. But Mike Jones is a champion in his own right. They've got 28 riders down there. They're all spectacular. And the top six separated by half a second. They're basically doing exactly the same mm. thing uh, to look at visually. And uh, just excitement all round down there at the bend. And as I say, Bungie, it's been voted the best track in the world. And I think a lot of people don't really appreciate how good it is down there at the bend. And they should get down there and check it out. Yep, get down and check it out. Talking about the best. What about Anna Mears? Ooh. Saw a picture of her uh, as the Commonwealth Games uh, athletes were getting presented with their medals uh, only a day or so ago. Um, I was looking through her bio through the week. She is amazing. 
Watch Chef de Michon, is that what he said? Chef de Michon. I tell you what, if you can get a gig going to Olympic Games, that would be the one to get. Well, Chef de Michon, you get to get into everything, you go to everything, you're just the good, feel-good person that goes and chats to everyone, and that would oh, be awesome. That begs the question. As a former Olympian, have you ever been asked to do anything of the sort? Oh, I wasn't a good Olympian. I was just, I was just there. <laughs> just your yeah, average Olympian. Garden variety Olympian. I just snuck into three of them. But I, <laughs> hey, to make three Olympics, come on, let's dance. But she's a two-time gold medalist, one-time silver medalist, a three-time bronze medalist, let alone a world championships, Commonwealth Games. And we're talking about it before the show. Those rides of her against Victoria Pendleton, yeah, yeah. Um, were I, box um, office. We were saying how good it is to watch those events in a velodrome. How steep it is, the cat and mouse of some of the events there as well. I, I really enjoyed it, and she has to be one of our greatest in terms of Olympic. Without a doubt, ha- has to be has to be in the top echelon. Yeah, but. That doesn't – don't get away from it. Don't hide from the fact that uh, you could be part of this. The chef de mission, maybe you should. It's a bit of a stepping stone because I'm sure that Adam is. She would have started probably at the Com Games and, and supported her fellow athletes yep. as see where you part go. of this. Couldn't agree more, Bungie. See where you, you go. Very good point you well, raised. At my you're last probably Olympics. not doing yourself any favours is what I'm trying to tell you. My last Olympics, <laughs> I was three rows back from the flag bearer. That's as close as I could get. I only needed about – Ten people to didn't you to go down, go down and with you something had the flag. <laughs> and I'd be waving the flag. Didn't you flog the flag or something? I didn't flog no, that anything. Was Dawn Fraser. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? It's funny you should mention the carrying the flag because one of the jobs of the chef de Michon is to choose the flag bearer. Mm, she oh. gets to do it by herself. Does so she do that? Because yep. I remember um, Andrew Gaze when he got um, the flag bearer position. In Sydney. Um, that was John Coates that told him because we were playing a practice game in Illawarra and uh, he had to go up to a meeting with John Coates and he took Mark Brakey with him and then he came back in and told he got told to tell no one. Straight in, told us straight away. <laughs> broke down <laughs> broke down in tears uh, as he was telling us because it was such an emotional time. And uh, How did yeah, you not tell anyone that? That would oh, be a ter- yeah, terrible exactly. to hold on to. But, yeah. I, I'm sorry to you know put a dampener on this though, but I I'm, I think it's terrible. I think Anna Mears getting the job is just shocking. It's disappointing from my point of view. It's terrible because it means she's not going to be commentating for Channel Seven, uh, and she is one of the best cycling commentators oh, yeah. in the world. She brings so much to it, and Channel from a Channel Seven point of view, we're certainly going to miss her. Mm, well, but, that's your game case. You just got to learn more about the cycling. Like you said, you're, like you're talking not? about pre-show, standing over the fence, looking you're that close yeah. in the action. It is it outstanding, isn't it? It could be a it? massive part of it. Look, we better get uh, get to a break because we've got a special guest coming up shortly from the Hockey Roos who are in town at the moment. And uh, we're certainly looking forward to the, the Kookaburras, I should say. The Hockey Roos are late team. The Kookaburras co-captain, Aaron Moose-Zalewski, is going to join us here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. We're underway. We'll take a short break. Be back with more here on your Sunday morning. A showrooms driven by Australian Motors. And yes, we are going to talk World Cup soccer a little later, but right now here in Adelaide, we have got one of Australia's greatest ever sporting teams. I'm talking about the Australian Kookaburras, who took on India yesterday, the first of a five-test series, and got it done in very impressive fashion. It was an exciting game, and we're pleased to welcome our special guest this morning here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. It's Aaron Moose Zalewski, the co-captain. How are you, Moose? 
Oh, thanks, guys. What an introduction. <laughs> Goes downhill from here, unfortunately, Aaron. <laughs> Must have been exciting yesterday. Uh, a 5-4 win. You score two goals in the last three minutes and a penalty corner after the final whistle gets it done. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. You don't really um, get to score match wins after the siren very often. So when you do, um, we just enjoy that. I mean, it was a pretty close game. Um, and kind of went goal for goal, attack for attack for a while, and um, we were pretty happy to get away with the win in the end. And what was a pretty exciting affair for the Adelaide crowd. And it's good to have some good competition come out here to Australia. I was actually surprised to see that they were only ranked fifth. We've had some epic battles with them over the years, and I'm sure over these five games, the crowds can expect to see um, games similar to that of yesterday. Yeah, I mean, India's a great outfit as well. And I know when you play a team five times in a row, um, it can be about like NBA, you know. It's like, well, you got you got to start figuring each other out and finding your strengths and your weaknesses. So I'm sure the game's only get better, get more competitive. Hopefully we see just as many goals, maybe a little less from India. Um, we can make it a little bit more one-sided. But we really enjoyed um, playing against them. They've got, um, you know, some really talented players, the best player in the world. Um, currently on their team and, and an old Australian coach. So um, we know them well, but we're also enjoying the challenge of playing them five times in a row. And, and talking about five times in a row, you've got to back it up today, uh, four o'clock again. What, uh, how do you recover from that? Uh, oh, well, our S&C coach says the two most important things to recover is food and sleep. So we get plenty of that in. And um, I've just woken up after a you know, good night's rest. And the boys have pulled up pretty well, actually. Um, we haven't really been traveling. Well, we've been traveling quite a bit, actually, and playing a lot um, of matches in this hockey one leg just to lead up to this tournament. So we're pretty well conditioned to playing games. Um, but we'll, we'll do the best to kind of get our, um, our bodies back in shape to, to go again today for Eddie's 400th game. Yeah, that's a, a big game. I was looking through the squad, actually, Aaron, and uh, I was surprised to see no SA players in the team. Is What's going on there? Are they just dogging us, or have we got nothing coming through? <laughs> um, I mean, you do have, there's a bit of a history with some SA players coming through. I know Tom Wickham uh, grew up in Morgan, um, so he's an SA boy by you know where he grew up, but he's based himself in WA now. That's where the national program is. Um, and his family's not living anymore. So you do have one guy in there, but he might be disguised as a WA player. Um, but I know, I know we, had, we haven't had the, the national comp going for the last two or three years, which is where you start to recognise these up-and-coming players, these players that can get into the national squad. And um, I know there's a couple of young kids from SA that um, were really impressive, so they'll be hoping to push their spot into the Cookaways over the next few years. We got a territory boy in there, which is great, Jeremy Hayward. <laughs> it's always great to see the territory connection. But um, I was just going to ask you about um, stepping into that leadership role in uh, two thousand. You've obviously played a, a, a lot, and you know two hundred and it's all two hundred and eighteen games now. Is that about right? That you've played? Yeah, for, that's spot on for the the Kookaburras. That um, in terms of you know coming through and and now it's being becoming a leader. Can you tell us a little bit about your leadership style? Yeah, I mean, I think your leadership style definitely adapts to um, the team. And we've we've kind of, after the Olympics in 2016, we kind of went through what was, I guess, best known as a, as a rebuild um, on the run. And for me, you know, coming back into that group, I, you know, started to become one of those senior players. Um, and my leadership style is, you know, very much what I enjoy is that on-field leadership, that being able to kind of zoom out on and, and look at the bigger picture of a game and try and 
see what how momentum's going or what tactics we need and how we need to implement that. And then I think now as the group's kind of got a little bit older and a bit more experienced, my leadership style is definitely about trying to get the most out of everyone in the group. Like we're really a, um, a, a team that doesn't really operate with a hierarchy, very flat hierarchy, and it's all about kind of leveraging that collective intelligence of the whole group. We've got a lot of senior players, a lot of good voices, a lot of diversity, so we really need to value um, bits and pieces that everyone brings. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the style that uh, Ed and I have tried to bring to the group, trying to create that environment where people feel like they're valued, they feel comfortable, they feel like they can take risks and make mistakes and, um, you know, voice their opinions. I don't want to. I just want to go back a step, Aaron. Uh, we we scooted over it quickly about Eddie's four hundredth game, but uh, that's a monumental effort. Four hundred international games, isn't it? There's, um, well, as we've got, there's only a couple of players to have done that. How bigger achievements that to get four hundred? Mate, it's unbelievable. Honestly, like four hundred games is just oh, truly incredible. I think Ed's like longevity in the sport is. Um, you just marvel at it because he came in when he was a kind of a young kid, 21 years old, and I look at him now and he, he kind of hasn't looked like his age today. So he's still running around, you know, fit as a fiddle, fresh as he really hasn't had injuries over the course of his career. But I think one of the best things about Eddie, he's been so adaptable. He started his career as a striker, then he went into the midfield, played about 200 games there, and I think he's been at the back now for 100 games. So he's transitioned through different positions in his career and kind of been able to, you know, carve out you know, a really, really good career in, in different positions, which is, um, you know, spectacular. And not only a great hockey player, but a, a great bloke and just a good fellow to have around the team. Um, you know, really humble guy, really good character. And, yeah, you know, he's he's a great kookaburra. Is that the way it works in hockey, Moose? You start up forward and when your legs start going on, you go to the midfield. And then when that doesn't work, you go to the defence. And then after that, it just you, you bypass the goalkeeper. You'd have to. That's a specialist. And you're straight out the door. <laughs> oh, I mean, I've played a fair few games in midfield. I think if I'm not playing in there, I'm probably not in the team. So um, it doesn't work like that for everyone, but I think it has been nice. And it's definitely a transition that um, happens in hockey. You move back a little bit once you, you know, understand the flow of the game, be able to see it a bit clearer. And, you know, definitely that's uh, something that happens a bit. Now, uh, one thing, one, uh, maybe I shouldn't ask this on air. It's probably not the right thing to do. But in terms of, <laughs> how did you get the nickname Moose? It's not an exciting story, I can oh, tell you that much. It was just, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's nothing like that. It was just an evolution of nicknames. They used to have Zeus after Zelewski, and then okay. for whatever reason, that evolved into Spruce Moose, and Moose was the one that stuck. That's <laughs> not bad. I played with a guy, Martin Catalini, who's a WA boy. He gave himself the nickname Moose, so it's not a bad one. It's not a bad one to have. Um, now, you're uh, away, away from the hockey. You're involved in a few really good things, uh, MSWA being one of them, um, and Southwest Sports uh, encouraging recreational uh, pursuits and sport uh, in regionals. Um, can you tell us a bit about those? Um, oh, yeah, I grew up in a regional area, so I'm really passionate about the regions. Um, I grew up, yeah, three hours south of Perth in a, a little town then called Margaret River. It's a bit bigger now. Um, but I like to get down there and spend some time with the Southwest um, Academy of Sports or with the Margaret Hockey Club and just give back a bit of time and go to the game a little bit down there. Um, yeah, a few go other things. Go to the wineries. That, go to the wineries. Oh, mate, we might, if we go a few hours, we might sneak out and, you know, try a few of the vintages. It's on my bucket list to get um, 
<laughs> You've got to get down there, yeah. If you haven't been over to WA or down to Mount River, it's definitely one of the better places in the world. Uh, I speak biasly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think, like, as, yeah, just like to give back a little bit. I'm involved in a mental health organisation, did some volunteering a few weeks ago with uh, Surfing on the Spectrum. So try and find things that I'm passionate about and, and that that is a conduit to to volunteer or, or give back to the community. I think it's important as a, as a you know, growing human. Now, well, Moose, now, Brett Ma and Andrew McLeod here, they go head-to-head in some challenges, and they did play pinball yesterday, and I'm curious to find out a little bit who won that one down the track. But I wanted to ask you, you go surfing at times with Nat Fife. Now, who's the best <laughs> surfer, you or Nat? Uh, I mean, if go you on, ask you've Nat, got him he himself... But, yeah, I reckon I might have him covered at the moment. That's what he's, we wanted to hear. He's off in South America honing his skills, so when, when he gets back, he'll probably want to try and show me up. Well, that's a serious competition. He goes to South America to get ready for it. <laughs> uh, as long as he's not at the beach getting me in trouble with photographers, I'm all good with it. Ah, very good. Look, it's a pleasure to have you here in Adelaide along with the Kookaburras team and great job getting the win yesterday. Good luck for the remainder of the series and you don't get enough love for the achievements that this team has done. Seven-time Commonwealth Games gold medalist. Of course, you're always in the mix at the Olympics as well. We're very proud of what you've done and we really appreciate your time today. Thanks very much, gents. Great to chat and uh, have a good day. How about that, though? They do a great job, the Kookaburras. Get out and support them. The game today is at 4 o'clock out at Jeps Cross. They're playing next Wednesday, and then they're going to play next weekend on Saturday and Sunday as well. It's all in that build-up to the World Cup in India next year. So it's pretty exciting. And, um, yeah, I I think that's something – we've talked about this before, but some of the sports, like the Kookaburras don't get the the kudos that they deserve. They've batted – Way above, uh, you know, their um, what well, their expectations are for a, for a long period of time. Our hockey has has always done so well. Men's and women's, and, yeah, men's and women's, stellar, yeah. yeah. And that's it's it's a tough game to play. I've played in a, I've got invited to play in a celebrity game. I was knackered by the end of it. It's a pretty big pitch, running up and down. Like it's not like netball. Well, you play positions. You're the covering recovery. the whole area. Mm. Rec- they pretty it's much they would they would run anywhere between. I'd say. You know, twelve to eighteen k's in a game, easy. Yeah. Yep. So, like the recovery for, for that, and it's not like they're running on grass mm. as well. Most of their uh, astroturf or artificial yep. uh, services. So oh, they're clearly they're the tougher body. than basketballers and footballers. Oh, easy. clearly, no easy. No got us, got, got us all covered. In fact, <laughs> look, we're hard up against the uh, the ten o'clock news here, boys. You're with the Bungie and Brettster show. We do it thanks to Mayhem Collectibles. Get ready for mayhem with Mayhem Collectibles at the parade at Norwood, and we'll be back with more right after this. Show. Uh, it's a fine Sunday morning, or it was. It looks like it's starting to come a little grim. In fact, there are some precipitation happening here at number one King William Street outside the SENSA studio. Thanks for sharing your Sunday morning with us. 17 degrees at the moment. We're heading for a maximum of 20 today, so it should brighten up. But we've certainly had a bright start here and so much to talk about. Uh, just an outstanding morning for Australian and South Australian sport. Time now for us to turn our attention to basketball because the 36ers, Brett Maher, are up and about again. They're on a roll. They're on a roll. Three away games. We won two out of the three. Great win against Melbourne. Uh, a close loss against New Zealand. But then um, the last win was excellent. To go over to Perth and get that one back that they stole from us here was excellent. Um, Robo Franks, uh, 21 points, eight rebounds, has 
really elevated his game. I think um, uh, since this change, since we lost Randall, he's been very good, getting a lot more touches. And DJ as well got a lot more touches, 17 points and eight rebounds. It's good to see him figuring highly in those areas. Um, a, a young guy that's um, getting a really good opportunity, he got elevated into the list only about two weeks ago, uh, is young Nick Marshall, who did some great stuff in the NBL 1, um, really opened some eyes to what he can do, went across, um, actually the game before we played uh, the warm-up game over in the States, he was one of the best players on the court, he was the best player on the court in that game against the uh, Ignite team, uh, which is full of young American players, and he killed them over there. So really good to see him doing well. And the next uh, home game is against Cairns, who are playing exceptionally well. Uh, Keanu Pinder is, I think, a lay-down Mazzea for most improved player in the league again. Two years in a row. He's uh, He's been fantastic. Yeah, he that twice. He just keeps on improving. <laughs> he, is, he has got better and better the last couple of years and just keeps surprising everyone. So, yeah, the 36 is in a really good place. And this isn't on the script, but I just wanted to give a quick um, character reference. I know there's been a lot said about the owner, Grant Kelly, uh, this week. And um, all I can say is my dealings with him, he has been a stand-up quality person. And uh, I just want to quickly mention that because there's been a lot said about him this week and just want to give my support to him. Very passionate and uh, certainly do support him. Hey, I was just going to ask you about, um, since that change, you talked about the change just before. Now, I was reading a stat. They're actually scoring 8.6 more points per 100 possessions than they did when Randall was there. So that tells me that they're becoming a little bit more efficient on the offensive end. And But what really caught my eye was their transition into defense against the Wildcats, which was good to see. You mentioned DJ as well about he we, – we, I've been sort of pushing that. He looked like he was struggling, but he's certainly starting to find that groove and find where he fits now with this, given that there's better ball movement through the team. Yeah, the ball movement's the key. Uh, their ball movement's been a lot better. Him getting touches uh, for DJ as a player is a big thing for him. So if he's not scoring, he, I mean, a lot has been said about his defense over the years. He's uh, not the best defender in the league. So if he's not getting that, then uh, he, he needs to be scoring. And they're getting the ball to him, which is great. Um, but, yeah, the ball movement's a lot better. And the rotations seem a lot better getting, as we talked about the last couple of weeks, getting some of these other guys. You know, I think one of the other players that's really benefited from this is Drimmick. Yeah, um, been he, fantastic. He's been really good the last couple of weeks, which has been good to see. Well, what I have liked too is I've liked the leadership of Mitch McCarron. Yeah, and the, he's actually he's he's looks like he's stepped up. He's controlled what that that game against Perth on Friday night. He looked like he actually controlled more of the play. The ball was coming through him a lot more, and he just was that calming influence when mm. they needed, particularly in the third when we, they were challenged. I think we were like. Uh, we went something like 0-8 or 0-9 for, for a run there for a period and, and the floodgates looked like they were about to open. Mm. But it just took control of the game and then we were able to settle a bit. Now, the other thing I was going to ask you about was this talk about import, bringing in another import for you guys is like where, where do we see? I, I actually think we should be looking a bit closer to home and thinking about, well, what about the blokes? What about getting more time into the Sunday decks uh, of the world and the – the, uh, the Harrises and the Galloways and, like you said, about Marshall, giving these guys a bit more time to develop before we pull the trigger 
on bringing another import in that could potentially upset the balance again. Actually, I filled in on Sports Day SA earlier in the week with Paul Bonzer, and we talked about this with Rupert Sapwell, and he brought up the point, do we need another one? Like the yeah. rotations that they've got at the moment are really good. You, you talk about Kieran Galloway, who's got very little time over the course of the year. He gets given an opportunity over in New Zealand. Oh, my God, he was sensational over there. Standing, wasn't it? He was really, really good. So, yeah, just giving these guys an opportunity. Do we need it? I think they've got a lot of talent without it, and I think they can really take their time now to see, do we need it, do we not, and get the right pick. Let's hear from the coach, CJ Bruton, after the win over Perth. Anytime you come into the jungle and, and play against a team like this and the fans like this, it's an exciting piece of basketball. Uh, clearly, we're trying to get better. Um, I know that our season, from our preseason to where we're at, it's, it's been a mixed bag, but we're, we're on the mend and trying to keep getting healthy. We're also trying to find an import, also trying to establish who we are. Um, normally that takes seven to ten games and just being real and honest and with our guys and where we're at and what we need to continue to get better at so that we can make strides in the right direction to have a shot. I just want to, that's great. For, making um, strides. They are making strides. From and CJ. still looking for an import. Yeah. Mm. There you go. Um, now, on the other side, the Lightning, uh, get down and support them. They had a huge first up uh, game here only a couple of days ago. They got their first win on the board, which was great. Uh, Lauren Mansfield, jeepers. Seven of seven from three. She was absolutely on fire. Steph Talbot's playing great basketball. Izzy Borlase again is great. Um, and Kieran Bell is leading the league in blocks. So we're, we're playing really well. We're playing the UC Capitals that are currently 0-4. So it's another great opportunity uh, to get a win there. So make sure you get down there. Playing on Wednesday uh, against the Capitals. Uh, so get down to the Adelaide 36ers Arena. Check it out on their site um, to get the tickets. And, uh, yeah, really support this team because uh, they're going to get a win on Wednesday. So it'll be good to see. They deserve it. And it's a big, hectic week for basketball. The Lightning on Wednesday night. Adelaide 36ers hosting Cairns on Friday night. Two-for-one ticket deal. Get on top of that if you can. And then on Saturday night, the uh, Lightning are up against the Southside Flyers, Lauren Jackson, in town. And I just want to endorse your comments as well about the owner of the 36ers, Grant Kelly. Could not speak more highly of him, what he has done, and his passion for South Australia. He's a good man. And we certainly appreciate his support here as well. So we'll be back with more. Time for a break here on the Bungie and Bredster Show. It is 10 minutes past 10 on your Sunday. We've got plenty more coming your way. Apparently, we did well on the soccer overnight. We might check that out soon. <laughs> Sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. Baseball season is here. Come cheer on the Adelaide Giants and discover your new favourite sport this summer. Welcome to the Bungie and Bredster Show. Well, the Adelaide Giants are going to get plenty of love coming up. We've got Nick Ward, the home run king, to join us. We're here for the Bungie and Bretts to show thanks to Nippies, farm-grown, family-made. They have outstanding product. The juices are getting knocked over left, right and centre here. Again, by Brett Maher, uh, doing, doing most <laughs> wow. of it. Bungie and I are a little more... Oh, hang on, you've knocked one back. Okay, that's true. I can't <laughs> throw him under the bus and here <laughs> I come as well. But it's time now for us to turn our attention to the world game because... It was raining a moment ago. Now the sun's out. We've started talking about the Socceroos. And what a performance, Brett Maher. It was absolutely fantastic. Watched the game. And uh, first half was super exciting. When uh, we got that header uh, from that brilliant cross from Goodwin. A little bit lucky cross, but it popped up perfectly for Duke. And they, the way he uh, watched it so many times in slow-mo, it came up so good. And 
just to get that lead and then hang on for dear life in the second half. What a game bunch. That was. And uh, talking about hanging on for dear life, I was uh, the last 45 seconds when uh, Mabil started running, instead of running towards the flag, he's running towards the take of four defenders. I'll tell you what, that was heart and mouth stuff. He wanted the to score. The counter-attack <laughs> was coming the other way, but oh, it was great to be able to hold on. And there's a couple of standouts. Uh, Harry Souter, that tackle that he made late, that was just incredible. Like to, for a big man to come in and slide tackle across uh, under all sorts of pressure after, I don't know if you saw it, but that touch from Kai Rao, who had a fantastic game. And uh, just that, that he lost his balance. And all that pressure coming, it's one. It's like you know those dreams when you're having that dream and you you you're trying to run and you're falling over, and Kai, he, the ball came and sort of hit him on the nose, and he backpedaled out to and, and tried to turn to to go and defend, but then fell over. And Harry Suter to come across with, a, with an amazing slide tackle to save, um, he was he was fantastic. And the the old head of um, of Moy. So Aaron Moy was 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 solid as well, and um, we mentioned that Lecky was good too. Lecky, he, he was very Lecky good. and Goodwin's um, their run. They just mm. ran themselves into the ground, um, and you know you could see they had to take them off late, but they they just they gave everything for their country. And uh, Matt Ryan keeping a clean sheet, like I said, first time since 1974. But hey, if uh, he's even though the beers cost about eighty bucks a pop, I'd certainly be buying Matt Ryan one. <laughs> yeah, wow, what a what a good job! And what what I talked about last week when we were talking about the soccer is that Australia, like when we get the lead, it tends to go all defensive. You watch the really good teams; they still control the offensive end of of the game, whereas we were defending for probably ninety five percent of that second half, and it was nail biting stuff. Like they had some really good attempts on goal, and so did we had the one or two where we did get it through, and that cross that we had in the second half were were probably a split second off getting our second goal. That uh, would have been spectacular. Got me out of my seat. Well, speaking of goals, let's relive it. Mitch Duke. Goodwin gets a crossing, takes a deflection, and it's on targets. Get out. Mitch Duke gets his head onto it for Australia. Craig Goodwin had a look up. He saw the cross, took a touch, played it in, had a slight deflection, and Mitch Duke, Australia's Duke, nods it home. Our third win in 18 games, dating way back to 1974 in our first World Cup. Tell me... Brett Maher, why do Australians warm to the Socceroos? That record, three wins in 50 years, yet when they play at the World Cup, it's the greatest thing since Andrew McLeod. <laughs> oh, it's huge, isn't it? I, I don't get it in a sense. Like you, you watch, and I've obviously with basketball, people don't jump on basketball as much uh, for a World Cup when we're actually a chance of winning a medal. Um, Nor whereas, the hockey we spoke about earlier. Yeah, and Nor the hockey. The, yeah, exactly. But soccer... Football. It's the world game. It's such a huge event. It's the biggest single event in the world. I think everyone just jumps on it. And I think we've got such a melting pot of ethnicities that have grown up uh, with football now in Australia as well. Um, But even people that don't like soccer or football seem to jump on and get on it. I was out and about in town last night. The amount of Socceroos uh, tops going around and people buoyant from the win it was huge yeah uh, what i always think it comes back to promotion so 
soccer, football tends to be promoted a lot better than basketball, hockey. We talked about you. You go on, go on the internet and try and find it. Look, the journalists that obviously cover the game of the the world game as it's known. There's a lot more. It's like footy. Footy gets like we're talking about AFL still, and it's like why. Yep. It finished mm. like two months ago, three, you know, like we're nearly three months into the, we're, we're at Christmas time. We're still talking about f- like AFL. I know that the AFLW is on and, and that should be getting the coverage it, it deserves, but we're and still we'll ta- get to that. Yeah. Shortly. We're still talking about footy. It, it comes down to, to the, the media and, and, and what is important. And obviously they spend a lot of money. There's a lot of money that goes into the world cup. Apparently um, there's been a huge breakout of hay fever at the world cup. You meant they're rolling around on the grass. It is a blight on the game. It is a blight on the they game. They must go to training and say, what are we going to do today, fella? Let's practice rolling around, holding our leg for an hour. But, yeah, there's a simple solution. Start start penalising these yeah, guys for doing There'll be no it. one left on the field, Bungie. Yeah, but like, uh, I agree. This, the Aussies are a lot tougher than, than, than a lot of the teams that are, that are there. Like Tunisia last night. Some of the guys that were just like, they're not, not even, even touched. getting touched. Yeah. Yep. And you, jo- you, like, on the presumption that you're going to get a free kick, yep. you look like a tool. Yeah. Yeah. And no touching the referees. They all march up to him yeah. when he gives yeah. a free kick and want to poke him in the chest. You yeah. touch the referee, off, off you go. go. Red card. Off you go. They really need to clamp down on that as well. Uh, I was just going to mention, sorry, but uh, um, also Graham Arnold, I don't know if you saw his presser as well, but came out and. Um, after and you thought he'd be talking about this, you know, obviously the uh, the third win ever and you know, how great it was and and it was and but uh, he took that opportunity to have a bit of a crack at some of the people in the media, mm. some of the former soccerers that yeah are, that have been coming out sharpening hard the knives after yeah I saw a few of those that came out hard after that four one loss to France. Um, some of the other results the World Cup have been really interesting as well. Um. I thought just nostalgically it was great to see Ronaldo score in his fifth straight World Cup. Unbelievable. Um, that is a huge effort. But all the greats are stepping up. We saw Messi today. Uh, Argentina had uh, the win uh, over Mexico. Much needed win after they lost to Saudi Arabia 1-2 in the first round. Messi and Fernandez scored Saudi Arabia today. win. Every player got a Rolls Royce. Wow. Every yeah. player got a How Rolls Royce. <laughs> Would you be driving it or offloading it? Oh, I mean, those guys have got enough money oh, anyway, probably, but oh, that's no, not a bad a little pickup, is it? That's a nice one. Um, England won 6 2 against Iran and then tied with USA. USA got a lot of decent players now. Looking through their list, um, they're really good. But I reckon Argentina are back. Spain are off to a great start as well 7 0 against Costa Rica. And Brazil, God, they look good against Serbia. They won 2 0, but. They're touches of the ball. They are very, very good. All right. Well, now we've got to go to a break. But two, there's a question I've got to ask you guys. We've seen the results. France beat Denmark 2-1. Mm. What are our chances of advancing? What do you reckon? I think we're going through. We, we should get a draw against Denmark. I can't see Tunisia beating France. Australia go through to the round of the 16, as they did back in 2006 in Germany. Wouldn't that be good? Get through to 16 uh, and even... Maybe better than what we did in that that close loss to Italy in back in two thousand. Was that two thousand three? Two thousand six. 
Yeah, still having nightmares yeah. about that. But it's exciting and we are doing well and that's the main thing. Thursday night, 1.30am is when you want to see Australia against Denmark and hopefully we get through. Time for a break here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. We do it thanks to Lauren X Cleaning, securing workplace safety. Google them today. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. Baseball season is here. Come cheer on the Adelaide Giants and discover your new favourite sport this summer. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show. Well, it is a big day here in Adelaide. We're going to be talking about the Adelaide Giants in their series against Melbourne coming up. We do it here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. Thanks to Nippies. Quench your thirst this summer with a Nippies ice-flavoured milk or fresh juice. Let's let it rip here at the moment. Australian PGA on at the moment. Cam Smith is not only leading by three shots and looks like he's going to win, but massive crowds up there and lots of young kids watching golf, for, which is a rarity, and a lot of them with mullets. It seems as though Cam Smith is uh, really getting it done. He is. He's Just exciting tap to watch. It in. <laughs> tap, tap it in. <laughs> he's exciting to watch. Um, I went through the leaderboard. Had to go down to tied for 39th to find the SA boys, but Wade Ormsby and Jack Thompson uh, sitting at one under, so they're about 10 off the pace. But, uh, yeah, Cam Smith is killing it at the moment. He is. 11 under. Uh, Australia's uh, Min Woo Lee is at seven under as well, so it'd be nice for um, him to get moving as well um, on, well, today's the day. Yep. Uh, He's better move today. <laughs> Jake McLeod's on uh, seven under as well. No no relative. I you obviously don't get any of your golfing skills from him. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if, if he wins, we're, def- we're definitely related. We're going to get to Bungie's skills in just a moment, but uh, you were telling us earlier, Bungie, about Jonathan Thurston has a good Cam Smith story. Oh, I did. If you, if you get a chance, get on the internet and have a bit of a look at uh, Jonathan Thurston. It's a video of him uh, sculling a beer out of the British Open, the, As the, you claret, do. the claret jug that Cam Smith won. Love it in Scotland. He uh, he's he's rung him on the phone and he's I don't know where he he must be over there somewhere and he's because uh, obviously the the World Cup he's probably is part of that being over there and on tour. And he's rung him up and said, "Hey, brother, I just got this uh, your trophy. Here. Can I uh, can I scull a beer out of it?" Oh. And uh, <laughs> Cam Smith said, "Yeah, no worries." And uh, he'd he'd obviously um, uh, he, he'd already obviously thought that he was going to say yes anyway because the beer was already in the jar. And in true Jonathan Th- Thurston fashion, with that is uh, that trademark laugh that he had, and he's down and he's sculled the beer, and he's and uh, someone said to him, "What is it? How does that taste?" He said. Tastes like success. Oh, <laughs> how good's that? Hey, speaking of success, uh, we've got a, uh, a message has come through and it says, I'm tipping pinball is Brettster's go. I imagine he won the competition with Bungie comfortably. Let's tell you get what. down to it. Now, there's someone that knows Let, what they're talking now, about. Let's, let's, well, it depends on whose who's story or which version you want. And oh, if hello. you're talking to old mate across the table here, you certainly won't let the truth get in the way of a good story. But you can t- tell your story. What do you, you want to tell? You know what I'm hearing, Case? What are you hearing, Brett? Excuse Brett's City over oh, there. Hello. Oh, hello. If you want to have a snapshot, give us a snapshot. We had a warm-up game. No, no, no. We don't do warm-ups. I'll let old mate. Just uh, no. get warm, was, and then we, we go. This is it, Hang the on. big one. No, no, no. <laughs> It was we were we were supposed to play three games. Let's be oh, honest. There was three. We're I won by three so much in the next one. 
in the first game we played, I was uh, I was six six mil down. I came back and you I did. thumped you. That was the last ball. And come the last back. ball. Wow. I got a triple. I got a try ball and I, I thumped you. And then in the second game that we played, there's someone dominated on Garden. Well, no, what happened was there was a malfunction in the machine. Oh, oh that old hang on. Oh, I, I will get on. people on here, He's and gone to a we can actually confirm this from the, the owner of the machine. But there was a malfunction, and what happened was you hit the left flipper. And it was sending his score up to get extra shots. Is that I was, right? Yeah, I'm pretty good at hitting the flipper. Don't worry about <laughs> that, the ball, wasn't even, the ball wasn't even in play. Cheat. I just smashed Hello. him. It Hello. kept giving me free balls. And I played them and my score was going up. And, yeah, it was a good game. It was went down the history books. <laughs> so, and can I, I, I can't stop there because Still Bungie the then went on and played his wife at Mortal Kombat, one of the video games there, and she pumped him at that as well. So Is that right? he, he was in for a bad day when you're losing <laughs> to your wife at Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> My wife, let me say something, misspent youth at the fish and chip shop. <laughs> like all of us. Lucky her. Well, I'm not, wasn't a Mortal Kombat. I was more of a Golden Axe man. Mm. So I was a bit disappointed. Yeah. Mortal Kombat, not my cup of tea. Oh, it didn't uh. look like it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, time for a break here on the Bungie and Brettster Show. Thanks for joining us here on a Sunday. We do it thanks to Mayhem Collectibles, one of Australia's fastest growing trading cards and collectibles specialist, mayhemcollectibles.com.au. We'll be back after the 10.30 news headlines. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. Baseball season is here. Come cheer on the Adelaide Giants and discover your new favourite sport this summer. This is the Bungie and Brettster Show. And we appreciate your company as well. If you'd like to get in touch, please do. We'd love to hear your thoughts or anything about pinball, particularly with these two we've got going here. Our open line, 1300 736 736. Or shoot us a text on 0427 154. 166. The Bungie and Brettster Show is here. We do it thanks to Laurenex Cleaning, supporting sample and community football in 2022. Google Laurenex today. But right now, an opportunity for us to turn our attention to some AFL and AFLW. Grand final day. It's going to be massive up in uh, Brisbane. Who's going to win, Bungie? Oh, I'll tell you what. Um, it's, it's been hard to sort of break it down. I've been looking at it over the last couple of days, um, I think my my gut tells me that Brisbane are going to win. Um, I just, but when you look at it, star-studded lineups. You got the number one team in attack, Brisbane, and the number two team in defence. They are versus the number one team in uh, the number two team in attack, Melbourne, and the number one in defence. So that just um, says it's going to be a it's going to be a great contest. And they've both got star-started lineups, Bristol. Both teams have dominated the year. It's fitting that um, the two best teams have got through, I think, although we'd like to see Crows or Port girls there. But, um, yeah, I think Brisbane have just been a class above this year. Uh, I'm going to go with them. And uh, I think they're going to – I think they might blow it out a little bit. Yeah, I reckon it might be – yeah, I'm tipping Brisbane by about 23 points because uh, it's just a good number. But oh. in terms of uh, in terms of their their teams, but I was looking I was doing looking at their teams and trying to get a bit of an idea as to how um, you know who's going to get the advantage and where that's going to come from. And if you look at looking at the midfield battle is is one that I'm really excited about because you've got like Emily Bates who's a um, 
she won the best in Ferris last year, well, the, early on in two in twenty two, um, and she's just an absolute jet. All O'Dwyer, um, Sophie Conway is just a is a massive running machine for 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 Brisbane, um, and, and also um, um, Jade Ellinger is uh, is is also amazing. But the the girl that probably flew under the radar. And I was going to ask you guys a bit about this, but Ali Anderson, the, she yeah. won the best in Ferris the other day in the AFLW, snubbed by the All-Australian select. Couldn't get a Guernsey. Couldn't get in. That's ridiculous. Not just, unheard of. It has happened in the past. It has happened. But, yeah, like if you're but watching very the game, unusual. she's, she's yeah. been very dominant. And Brisbane themselves have been dominant. Yeah. The other one, I guess, was uh, Jazz Garner didn't get a lot of votes. And she she won the AFL Coaches Association uh, vote via lot, so it, it sort of, I guess it, it works itself in the out in the end. But like their midfield um, against Melbourne, so uh, uh, Alyssa Bannon, um, you've also got Lauren Pierce, the ruck who, who plays like a midfielder as well. Karen Paxman has just been a star for a long period of time, and also Lily Mithen, um, who's just absolute. She'll get a, she'll probably get a role on someone like an Ali Anderson or a, an Emily Bates to try and nullify them. So I'm looking forward to that. But I think it's going to come down to that, to the forwards and who's going to kick the most goals and Jess Wardlaw, Dakota Davidson and the Courtney Hodders of the world for Brisbane probably look a little bit more potent than uh, the, the Kate Halls, Taylor Harris's and um, the Daisy Pierce's. And I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk about, you know, Daisy deserves to get a grand final and, and win a, and win a flag. And um, no one deserves to win one. You got to mm. earn it. Mm. So all this talk about, you know, they get, they deserve it. No, no, no. You actually got to go there and win it. So the, the best team, Today it's going to be a cracking contest out at um, out at uh, the Brisbane's new home ground down there. So I look forward to it, but I just think that uh, Brisbane has too much power. I'll tell you who did deserve it, and that was our girl Chelsea Randall, who got recognised at the AFLW again. Awards again um, by the, the that's the Players Association Awards for her players. Yeah, mm. exactly, and that's as you've talked about, probably means a bit more to some of the players than. Uh, the other awards. So really good to see her get recognised for her fearsome way she goes about oh, it, which was great. Yeah, she's um, she's an absolute star. And the way she goes about it, um, probably to the detriment of herself a little yeah. bit, like that kamikaze style that she does. And she just throws it. She's just got no fear. Mm, yeah. And in terms of longevity and, and making sure, she's, she's got to change the, the way that she, um, she, she plays a bit. Um, yeah. What about the drafts coming up? Bungie, um, I know uh, you've been through the whole process and um, what would be your advice to kind of a young draftee going through that process at the moment? Well, I just think that now I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of interviews, seen blokes and I know they promote them and they've got their managers and everyone's trying to promote. And you've got like the SNFL are pushing the, the barrow of these, these blokes to push their own programs and, and whatnot. But I just think that, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's a great experience to go through. It's, it's life changing, but it's only the start. Mm. Once you get that, if you get your name gets called out on um, Monday and Tuesday, I think the draft is. If your name gets called out, that's just the start. Put your head down, bum up, go to work, and uh, earn your stripes by earning the respect of your teammates by the way you go out there and, and you and you apply yourself for training in the, in the first instance. It looks as though Mateus Filippo is going to be the first South Australian taken, and that means he's probably heading to Melbourne, we think Essendon or Hawthorne. This was his take on moving away from South Australia. 
I think it's pretty self-explanatory, really. Who, what kid doesn't want to play in front of you know big crowds and things like that? But yeah, I said in that that you know I've always wanted to be in the spotlight and be one of the main guys, and I think Melbourne's perfect for that. I think it's you know the epicenter of football. Not saying that Adelaide isn't. I'm very grateful mm. for Mark bringing in Adelaide. I think it's yeah. going to prepare me very well for Melbourne if that's where I end up. But yeah, look, the the big crowds, huge supporter base, you know, heaps of media. It's everything I've wanted, and you know, there's an opportunity to get that, I think it'd be silly to say I wouldn't want to go there. Top five pick in your eyes, Bungie? Yeah, he's, he's going to get <laughs> That's a bit hesitant. He's going to get <laughs> I just, I, I'm, I wasn't a fan of how that, in, like how that, that interview. In what way? I just, like when you're talking about the fan, like wanting crowds and, um, you know, the uh, the support and, and that, I think, like I said, head down, bum up, go and, go and earn your stripes first. Um, the rest will come, and we've seen it. And I, honest, I love confidence in people, but I love confidence in the way that you do things, um, and you know the way you actually apply yourself. So um, it's all—it's a lot of talk. Put a lot of pressure on yourself, and I know these young blokes—they love the pressure. But in terms of um, when you go into a team environment, as you know, Brett, so you can get pulled back a couple of pegs really quickly. So you got to make sure that your actions back up your words. I agree. And for me, it's not where you get drafted. It's, um, A, getting drafted. We've seen so many great players not get drafted in that top 10 or 20 um, that have come kind of much further down the draft list that have gone on and been the greats of the game. So don't get disheartened. Put your tail down and away you go. And it's going to be a largely a non-event for Adelaide and Port. Adelaide's picks are 46, 56 and 59. Good right. luck trying to get something out of that. And for Port, 33, 60 and 72. So hey, you know, We're not even listening to what you're saying. There? <laughs> <laughs> There's still a couple of gems That's there. That's where what they are. That's the, James of the, the James Hurds of the world pick 56 or whatever oh, Back it was. in the day before we knew what was going on. But yeah, I'll, I'll take it on board. I'll take it on board. But let's right now take a break. 10.45 here on 1629 SENSA. You're with the Bungie and Brettster Show. And discover your new favourite sport this summer. Welcome to the Bungie and Brettster Show. Oh, if it's not your favourite sport you're missing out, get down to West Beach and see the Adelaide Giants in action. They are all over them. The reigning two-time champions, Melbourne Aces, winning Game 1, 8-5, Game 2 on Thursday, 7-4, Game 3 yesterday, 3-2, and they play again today. And a man who's been swinging the bat and knocking them out of the park is a great friend of the show. Nick Ward has joined us here in the Bungie and Brett's The Show. Good to have you here with us, Nick. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Hey, Nick, um, I was interested to get your thoughts. We had a couple of debuts for this series in uh, Jack O'Loughlin and Liam Spence. Um, How do you think they uh, stood up for their debut? So I believe Jack's pitching today, and then um, Liam's been awesome at third base. He mm. was hopping right off the plane, and he hadn't played in a, in a month or two after his uh, after his pro ball season ended. So hopping right hopping right back into it. He's doing great. Um, could, couldn't ask anything more and see if we can hopefully get a good start today from Jack. You must be confident after yesterday heading into today um, in um, what's been what's been a pretty good series. Yeah, it's been, it's been a great series. You know, we obviously knew that this uh, Melbourne team is uh, – they're, they're a pretty good team. So um, we knew we were going to have to fight fight for everything we were going to get. And uh, – and you know we've uh, we've come out on top in the first three games, but obviously we have one. We've got one more today, and and they all count the same come the end of the year. So see if we can 
see if we can get a fourth victory today. That would be a massive if you can get the sweep, Nick. But I uh, just wanted to play you this. Hard hit ball. Deep center field. Moving back is Whitefield. It's at the track. It's gone. And there's the answer. Nick Ward puts the Giants in front with a three-run shot. Ah, oh, what a play. How about that? And Eric Bolner, our great friend, uh, getting excited as well. Nick, your first at bat at West Beach, and you pop it over the fence. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty special. Um, yeah, that, that clip you played was from, what, uh, Friday night, yep. the eighth inning. But then the fir- that, that first at bat to uh, to start off with a bang was 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 pretty special. My my dad told me I I have a flair for the dramatic, and I, I guess he might he might. Be <laughs> He's right. a good judge. I mean, he might be he might be onto something, but I'll bring it know, on. That was, that was pretty cool. Bring it on. I'd just be worried today if you hit a couple out of the park, uh, mate, because um, it's bring your dog down to the to the ballpark day. You might lose a few more more balls than uh, you do normally. Well, I'll I'll give the uh, I'll give the the dog something to chase out. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was looking through the series results in this one, Nick, and uh, the first uh, game was a cracker. Like you guys got off to a, a flyer start against a very good pitcher in Brian Flynn. Um, there was a lot to be said about facing the veteran there. Um, game two was a bit closer with a seven four, but yesterday's game. Uh, must have given you a real heap of confidence to come from behind uh, and get that late win um, going into today's game. No doubt about it. And uh, I think after Friday's game, even when we were down four to one for mm. the majority of of the time, um, and then we had guys like Luke Wilkins who started the game, who got who gave up a few runs early in the game, but then settled it down, and then Joe Johnson came in. And was absolutely massive and holding holding them to to very few hits and keeping them off the scoreboard from probably the third inning on, and then that kind of said kind of sent us the message like, all right, it's it's time for us to us on the offense to hold up our end of the bargain and and he's doing his job, we need to do ours, and we knew we we could come from behind then and and then Saturday it kind of the game was a little closer, but. Um, we knew we could. We knew we had a, had a great opportunity to pull it out as well. And as you mentioned, Nick, it's been a very good mix of offense and defense that's got you these wins three in a row. I thought Luis Aviles Jr. at shortstop, the play he made was world class. It was it had to be seen to be believed that you could dive, extend yourself that far at shortstop when the ball looked as though it was going through into left field. He got it in the glove and on his knees throughout the runner at first base. It was just spectacular. It was world class. Yeah, he, uh, he he like you you said it. You hit the nail on the head. He he's a really really great defender, you know. And when he signed to come to to come here, he uh, the video that the that the Giants posted on their Instagram and Twitter about him, he was all all these like very very athletic, flashy defensive plays, and he's been nothing short of that. You know, he's he's an he's an unbelievable defender. He's very athletic out there. And uh, he's it's, he's very fun to play alongside of. I'll tell you that. It must be a good vibe amongst the group at the moment as well, with this success that you're having as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to be having fun when when you're winning, right? But um, you know, it even when we were struggling a little bit, um, the the vibe of the vibe in the clubhouse and around 
around the team was has always been positive. You know, that started from our our coaching staff with Chris Adamson and and all the way down to our captain uh, Jordan McCardle and all the way all the way down to the last last guy on the roster. You know, everyone's pretty positive all the time, and I think that's that's a that's a huge key for our success. It's it's good. Uh, well, it, it's important to keep that momentum going too, and looking at a clean sweep. But look, uh, also looking, I guess, at the standings and being about a third of the way through the season, that that winning form um, is is important as you as you go further down, um, and, and you know, looking for that finals uh, spot as well. No doubt about it. Yeah, I I uh, I, I think I said earlier that. I mean, yeah, we are we are in the third week of our season, round three, and um, all these wins count the same come the end of the season. So it doesn't matter it doesn't matter whether the win comes in round ten or round one. If you win or you lose, it counts the same at, at the at the end of January. So we can't obviously we've already won the series, and that's great. But um, this fourth win could could pay huge dividends come come January twentieth or twenty first when if if this race um, is as close as I think it's going to be come down the stretch. So um, every game, every game is just as important as the next. Every win is going to be vital, Nick, as you say. Now there was a moment deep in the game last night where Rickson Wingrove on first base uh, almost took out the pitcher and it was uh, looking as though it wasn't going to be. Talk us through that. What was the feeling at that stage? Well, I, I think, um, Obviously, you never really want a play like that to happen, right? Um, conventionally, that the pitcher is supposed to get out of the way and let the first baseman catch the ball. But um, I was I was giving Adam McKillican a little grief last night, but he uh, he took it he took it well with a smile. But since it since it since it all ended up okay, but that was kind of a weird a weird pop up where he didn't really know if Rickson was going to be able to get there or not since it wasn't hit terribly high, but you know, it's all good. It ended up working out. I think I, I know speaking for myself, I never really panicked when, when that situation happened. I think I had all the confidence in the world that Adam was going to get the job done. And if the ball was hit in play, our defense was going to get the job done too. So just because we had one base runner or, or one little blunder there, I, I didn't really, I didn't really think too much of it. And Nick, just to finally tell us, your dad's obviously checking out the games. Is he watching them online? Because for those that don't know, you can watch the Adelaide Giants online, ondemandbaseball.com.au, anywhere around the world. Yeah, so he, back in, we are, uh, we're 15 and a half hours ahead here in Adelaide, um, ahead of Philadelphia. So um, waking up at, what, 3.30 in the morning? To watch a baseball game might be a little is a little tough for for mom and dad but um what what's great about the about the baseball.com.au's you can have all the replays on there and he can wake up and and watch the game with his morning coffee so um he, he is watching the game just just not in in real time but they're they're following along from all the way across the world and put a pep in his step in the morning i would think when uh, said number one son gets up there and first at bat in australia just whacks it right out of the park so uh, congrats on a great series so far we wish you the best of luck today as well game four against the melbourne aces at 2 30 at west beach nick ward great to have you on board thanks again yeah thanks for having me i appreciate it 
In the middle of the series, Nick Ward coming on board to tell us about the Adelaide Giants. And, uh, gee, it's going to, if they can sweep the Aces, uh, that's, that's going to set up their season quite strongly. Oh, it's exciting to look forward to. And like I said, about um, every win's important, as Nick alluded to. And uh, they all mean the same. But to get a little bit of an advantage, because there's a bit of a long jam on that uh, that standing table, we look like we're in the, probably the toughest draw. Mm. I was looking at that as well. You look at the other draw, Sydney Blue Sox, not, not doing so well uh, in the other part of the draw. Ours is really tight. Can I just uh, have a look at the uh, the message board that's lit lit up again, Case? You just want to read that. I didn't. Uh, it's nothing to do with me, but do you just want to read that out? Yeah, I think it's uh, well. The feedback's been great. Now, in baseball terms, this text says Bungie would be the star shortstop, making diving defensive plays and hitting home runs. Brett would be the bat boy. Bring me my bat boy. Hey, that's your phone number there, Bungie. What the hell? That's your number. Swing. You're not bad texting into yourself. Oh, wow. Brent Star. Can you whistle that tune for us again? We're going to hear more about this, but right now we need to take a break for the 11 o'clock news here on the Bungie and Bradster Show. Plenty more still to come, so stay with us. Your new favourite sport this summer. Welcome to the Bungie and Bradster Show. That's a clean strike again. It'll fall in the hands. Juggle, juggle, juggle. It doesn't matter because the strikers have won their very first title in the WBBL. It was nerve-wracking all the way through. They've been knocking on the door for so many years. They beat the Brisbane Heat in the Challenger, and now they've beaten the Sixers in the final. And did it in style. Welcome back to the Bungie and Bretster Show. Three minutes past 11 here on your Sunday morning. Hope you're getting set for a big day. But that is great news for the Women's Big Bash League strikers to come from almost nowhere and win their first title. Uh, well, they'll be celebrating, and so they should. Third time lucky. We've had a couple of cracks that it lost last year to the Perth Scorchers. And able to get the win, so it was. Uh, it's great for uh, great for Adelaide Brester, the um, the BBL. It's something that, um, like Casey said, we were certainly building towards. Started a little bit slow and came home with an absolute flurry. Once we got 147 on the board, I actually was pretty confident that they were going to be able to hold um, hold that score up and get a win. And like to win by 10 runs is a, a great effort against some quality opposition. I mean. Katie Mack and Laura Woolvart started off uh, pretty solidly for us. And then when Deandra uh, Dotton came in, 52 off 37, um, she was very good. Tully McGrath was her usual self, um, probably even 24 off 21. She, she normally, we expect so much out of her. But, yeah, the girls did so well setting that score. Um, there was a bit of resistance. You never know. When Elise Perry's on the other team. Scary, uh, scary. They've always got a chance. She was 33 off 32. Nicole Bolton, 32 off 27. And uh, Maitland Brown coming in down the order, 34 off 17, were the main ones providing resistance. But, um, yeah, that that's a huge effort. As we are talking about in the lead into the show, to not know if we're even going to be in the finals in that last week coming in, then to win, win and get into the, the final and come away with a great win is, is superb. 
And to do it over there as well. Mm. As it was, uh, you know, having to fly over there early. And... 6 a.m. flight. No chance to celebrate making <laughs> the grand final, get over there and beat the Sydney Sixers. Well, a good way to do it. Just not even think about well, it. We don't Just have get to into it. Well, and... we saw it in the basketball. We saw the breakers do it. Uh, against the uh, yep. the Sixers, where we, mm. we called for the forfeit. We should have just taken the forfeit. <laughs> Look, Deandra Dotton was player of the game. Mm. Tegan McFarlane, the girl from Balaclava, in her last game. Nice way to sign off on your career to win a national title. That's fantastic. That's the way to go out, isn't it? If you if you can. And um, Yeah, I think the batters always get rewarded, but I think our bowlers uh, were very good to hold them to 137 as well. And one thing I did notice there, Bungie, of interest was that the, uh, well, the run chase started 15 minutes late, was delayed because the sun, the glare of the <laughs> sun was uh, creating problems for the batters. Uh, are we opening up another can of worms here? I know oh. we like uh, the worm can here at uh, the Bungie <laughs> and Breadster show, but you can't stop a game in the middle of, can you, because of the sun? Well, who was batting? Sydney were batting. Exactly. They, they were about to and come where in. where were we playing? Yeah. In Sydney. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense then, doesn't it? Okay. Oh. We're, we're, hang on. Join the dots here. Oh, now I'm joining in. Yeah, I can That's see what you're saying. That's nearly as bad as blaming a malfunction in a, in a pinball machine, isn't it? Oh, it's like, oh. <laughs> it's like breasts are blaming the, the air conditions too high and it's, it's affecting my shot. Can you turn it down? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me something, coach. <laughs> Look, I'll tell you what I will give you is I'm going to have to talk up the young star uh, with the ball that we've got here in Adelaide, Darcy Brown. So yep. she, her figures, four overs, two for 15. And That's phenomenal. In a grand final, yep. such a young player, it just augurs well for maybe uh, successfully defending this title, I don't know, maybe half a dozen times in a row. Can we do that? That'd be nice, be, wouldn't it? Well, it's, and it's 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 the old adage like you want to step up to the plate and you want to you want to perform on the biggest stage, and she's just performed on the biggest stage. How how much confidence would you get out of that, Brettster? A lot. And we're talking about uh, in the footy how people get overlooked when they play really well, getting put into teams. Well, Amanda Jade Wellington has yes. been overlooked for the Australian versus India five game T Twenty series in India just uh, a few months out from the World Cup. And she was named in the WBBL Team of the Year. How does that happen, Bungie? Where they select us based then, I wonder. No, yeah. I, we get screwed. Yeah. South Australia, especially cricket, yeah, uh, probably more than other sports, we get absolutely robbed. And her attitude to it was fantastic. I was uh, did an interview with her on Wednesday for Channel 7, and she said, look, in the past that would have bothered me, but now I go and seek out. Uh, feedback. What do I need to do better to yeah. get on this team? And I go back and work harder. And I just love that attitude. She should go ask Can Justin do. Langer because he doesn't get salty. Hey, did you? Did you, watch, <laughs> did you see that? Well, it, interesting because I was watching the the, the interview, and uh, obviously he's he's sat on that for for a fair while. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the sources. El tomato sources mm. calling them cowards mm. um, coming was, out and having. He's not holding back. Well, he and I know he's talking about a bit like he came in. Aussie cricket was in a bit of turmoil at the time. Turning around, they became T Twenty World Champs. They won the Ashes. They were number one in the world and then got sacked. Um, well, they did offer him a six month contract, which he wasn't real happy about. So. 
Oh, I don't know what he's. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's interesting, but I, I feel for him because he he was very open and honest and sought feedback from the players. And but there's obviously, yeah, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of hurt there still. Mm. Yeah, a little bit of healing to go. But yep. uh, AJW, uh, we hope that uh, she can get back in there because she's playing some good cricket. Got a big future ahead of her. Well, look, we need to take a break here on the Bungie and Brett's The Show. We do it all thanks to the Adelaide Lightning, your South Australian women's basketball heroes. We'll be back for the final segment. The final furlong not far away. Stay with us. Ball call. Baseball season is here. Come cheer on the Adelaide Giants and discover your new favourite sport this summer. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show. We appreciate you staying with us here on the on your Sunday morning, 14 minutes past 11 here on 1629 SENSA, the Bungie and Bretster Show. We do it thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit Wavell and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. We're into the final furlong, gentlemen. And, uh, well, there's still plenty to get through. I wanted to speak about the Wallabies, if we could, because that's just an extraordinary mm. result. The Wallabies have defeated Wales today, 39-34. They came from 21 points down with 27 minutes to play. Their skipper, James Slipper, was off in the first half with a head knock. They barely had enough players to put a team on the park. That's a monumental performance. Great come from behind victory. Um, like, the scenes... On the bench, as you see the the last mm. try and the guys getting up, it was uh, it was pretty special. After a couple of uh, really close losses, to to get that win was good. I think it's just building that belief. We've been talking about it the last few weeks around that they've fallen agonisingly cl- um, close or short to, you know, like Ireland who are the world number ones. And then to be able to just to finish this series with that confidence to come from, you know, like 21 points comeback from, you know, looking like you're in a little bit of trouble. Um, and I think that it, it and we, we tend to touch on this a lot, but belief in terms of teams and what you're able to achieve backs against the wall. Um, they've been able to unearth a few players as, as well. The, 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 the young bloke on the wing, 22 year old, and I'm going to stuff his name up, Mark. Try and say that name. Noah Kwantawasi. You nailed it. Yeah, I did really good. <laughs> that was excellent. Yeah, but it's a score two tries um, as well, and and just start to just start to get your, you know, their combinations right. Um, that that breakdowns their their rucks and their malls and everything they've been work where they. They've sort of, it's been a bit of a, I guess a little bit of a blight on some of their past performances where they've got done in, in the forwards, but they were able to, to really do that. And um, that's certainly going to galvanise your side moving forward. What a tour it's been when you look at the, the matches that they played. So they've had a five-game tour through Europe, one, two, lost three, but they were decided by a combined 11 points. Wow. Over the five games, you know, they won by five here today against Wales. Prior to that, lost to world number one Ireland by three, lost to Italy by one, One. lost to France by one, and beat Scotland by one in the first game. So I think the Wallabies are back. That's certainly something to build on. Yeah. Cracker games. Yeah. It's it's just getting that confidence. Dave Rennie would be, we'd be over the moon coming back. Uh, He was under pressure, the coach as well. He's been under a lot of fire, um, particularly the last probably couple of years, but. His system seems to be working and they've got some blokes in there that are, um, you know, they're just playing some good footy. So hopefully they can continue that as they, they head themselves into a World Cup in, um, is that next year? They, The World mm. Cup, I think it is. I can't remember. But they'd be building on that anyway. Hey, how many good events have we got coming to Adelaide in this next month or so? 
Um, well, we got we've talked a lot about the Live Golf coming here. We've got the Velo uh, Adelaide Five Hundred on Thursday starting, which uh, I'm excited about. It always forward to it. Um, adds a heap of excitement around town um, when the cars get revved up and two weeks you can't drive through, through the, the eastern side of the. Parkland. Yeah, but I think it's good. Uh, they're going to have some good bands coming. <laughs> How do you get in. the it's trucks through there? Killers are coming down to play. It'll be uh, no. Yeah, it makes it hard. We've got limited <laughs> access. We have actually some of the fireys uh, on site, um, actually within the uh, within the track. If anything goes wrong, um, so we got that there. But yeah, getting around it makes it hard for the trucks. But did, did so, I read somewhere where next year they're going to crown the winner here in Adelaide? That's right. That right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that's, uh, it's going to be massive this week of the Velo 500. And beyond that, we've got the Adelaide International Tennis coming up from January 1 to 14. $4 million, two tournaments over two weeks. Andy Murray, the former world number one, is coming, dual Olympic champion, always popular with the fans. And Victoria Azarenka, two-time Australian Open champion. Petra Kvitova, two-time Wimbledon champion. High quality. And what they've done there down at Memorial Drive is outstanding. I'd encourage everyone to get down there and have a look. It's a great setup. Spend some money on there. Great setup. And the prices are very attractive to take yourself and family along as well. We talked about Live Golf, $30, $85 for the three days. Well, 20 bucks um, plus free kids at selected sessions, I think is a great enticement to get people down there and have a look at some really good quality tennis. Um, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I think as and there'll be they'll obviously uh, unfurl a number of different players that'll come with you know obviously good ranking as well as as they they start to build their schedule. Most tennis players are at the moment are probably just in that off season and working out what their schedule looks like and what's the best um, pathway for them leading into the the Australian Open. So they'll be working that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we can you know we'll see a number of um, really high profile stars being added to that list. We could nearly go mixed doubles, Bungie, you and me. You're obviously the female. And, uh... Let's don't get out there. <laughs> Let's don't get out there. <laughs> well, we might be Davis Cup champions uh, by the time that oh, rolls around. And, of course, as we mentioned, we're Fed Cup finalists for our women as well. I was just going to, a uh, little shout-out to uh, one of our friends who um, yesterday invited us down to one of their openings. Then we're talking about like, pin pinball champions. Mm. We could we could possibly do a tandem pinball championship. Mm. Had a few one pin flipper each, or do you substitute round and round like a circle? I'm good on the left side, probably. Your you score goes up right using side. the left flipper, <laughs> I heard. There's some sort of malfunction uh, oh, no. going on that's here. How For the those, game was, that's he how was the game like, was like, There was a professional player down there that we met. He tried to uh, challenge me a couple of times. professional pinball players. He obviously, he obviously uh, saw the talent. He didn't ask Brett to, to take him on. He came and asked me if I would take him on. But flip side barcade down at Goodwood Road there. Go and check the 548, I think it is. Um, got some great pinballs down there. and Some good beers. My favourite, Matzo's. <laughs> Tell you what. Knocked a couple of those back. But there was one thing this week that caught my eye, Case, and I just wanted to touch on this. And I know as we head out to the show, but... It's a great time. It's my favourite time of year. Christmas yep. is just, oh, I love it. The city is buzzing at the moment. It was hard to get a park this morning um, because everyone's in and around town. But one thing that I do notice, and I love my charity stuff out there this time of year, 
the fireman's calendar's come out. Got to support oh. it. Oh. And I love the fireys calendar. Yep. My dad was a fiery for 50 years. I know Brett's dad was a fiery for about the same time as well. And he's followed suit and, and he's, uh, he's jumped on and he rides around the trucks and pulls cats out of trees and stuff. And he's such, does such a great community service, but he's been snubbed. What? You're joking. He's not in the fireman's calendar. What the hell's going on? So much so, I didn't even know there was one this year. <laughs> oh, of course you did, and you told me to bring it up. It. I didn't even hear about it. I, I think, um, I don't know if, uh, is this one that actually the SAMFS are doing, or is it the one, I know there's a Queensland company that, that run a calendar, and they use professional models. Um, they asked me a couple of times. I said no, but. What do you have um, to do? What do we have to do? You, you have to, to derode, <laughs> and then it's oil. They and... don't want that. They no. don't want that. I, I need Obviously to be, not. They didn't ask you. I need to be June, July so they can put me in the middle as a double spread. <laughs> take up a bit of room, would you? <laughs> yeah, no, I've been snubbed. But no, that's fair enough. Apparently pasty white's not in these days. <laughs> Mate, we could we could get you into not tip athletic. You come and tra- train with me. I'll get you in tip-top shape. You no, could be the, the face I'd rather of the calendar not be in year. I'd rather not be in it. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're denying the people what they want, Bradster. Mm, yeah, no. That's what I'm it's all. We're about the there. people here. We want to give <laughs> the people what they want. It's the Bungie and Bradster show. We're here for South Australia, and it's been a big morning. We have to tell you, if you've joined us late, well, you've missed out because we've been talking about Australia becoming Davis Cup finalists. The Superbikes are underway at the Bend. Anna Mears, our chef de mission. We've got the 36ers playing on Friday. The Lightning are playing Canberra on Wednesday. The Socceroos, remember them? Yep. Well, they're looking like they're going through to the round of 16. If we can get a draw against Denmark. The Australian PGA final round underway today. The Bungie and Bretster pinball challenge was a big talking point throughout the show. AFLW grand final day. The AFL draft we heard from Matthias Philippou. The strikers WBBL premiership win How as good. well. We How have good. covered the whole gamut here today. I'm almost out of breath just talking <laughs> about it, Bretster. That was so good. The highlight for me uh, was the women winning the WBBL, but uh, I did really enjoy watching uh, watching the soccer last night. Oh, I know, the, the soccer t- just was the pinnacle to get over Tunisia. And as we talked about in the show earlier, it's our first clean sheet since 1974, our third win ever in the World Cup. It just builds that excitement as we head into that last game against Denmark where Hopefully we just play a really attacking brand. We don't want to go in to be too defensive. Play that attacking style of football that we saw the the Matthew Leckies and the and the Goodwins of the world, the Craig Goodwins of the world, just absolutely lighting it up on uh, down the wings there. So we need that run and, and carry and well, just a bit excited, Bristol. I think. Uh, Are I think... you excited enough, Bungie, that you're going to get up on Thursday at one thirty a.m. To see us take on Denmark, Brett Ma is shaking his head. Hell yes, I'm getting up. <laughs> oh, come on, Brett. Of course I'm getting up. I that would will... be unpatriotic not to get up. I'll Brett be Star. watching what the highlights. <laughs> I'll be watching the highlights. We're talking about a former Australian basketball captain here. He's obviously yeah. soured up because basketball doesn't get the love that the football World Cup gets. Uh, I like the highlights. <laughs> I like the highlight. And if there are no highlights, do you watch the lowlights? You know what, Case? I think we should stop talking, draw. I'm talking win. Win. We need to win against them, against Denmark. Get out to an early start and uh, hold on again. Why Let's not? do it. Well, that was some 
really inspiring words over there, Brett. So <laughs> he's leading the charge. He's leading the charge. We've got it all here from Brett Maher. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have time for this morning. We'll be back next Sunday at 9.30 to find out exactly how the Socceroos progress to the round week. of 16. It will be our final show. So it's going to be a big show. We might have a, our own calendar ready to go by then. Enjoy <laughs> the rest of your Sunday.